Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, And today is the last day of August and the last day, at least for this month, that we're highlighting hosts of other podcasts. And in this episode, I'm happy to have on my good friend, Dr. Jared Carter. He is the host of the Cash-Based Practice Podcast. If you're not listening to it and you're a physical therapist, I suggest you hop on over to iTunes and download that. A little bit more about Jared. He opened Carter Physiotherapy in spring 2010, a 100% cash-based clinic where he provides an hour of one-on-one care in every treatment session via creative marketing and his reputation for producing fast results. His patient schedule was full within six months of opening his cash-based practice. In the fall of 2011, he released his first book, My Cash-Based Practice, and has been blogging, podcasting, and speaking on all aspects of the out-of-network practice model ever since. After over five years of researching the subject and consulting with many legal and compliance experts along the way, he released another book called Medicare and Cash Pay Physical Therapy. Jared enjoys surfing, swimming, travel, and time with his family. He married the girl of his dreams in April of 2015, and they welcomed twins into their life in January of 2018. They currently reside in Austin, Texas with their golden retriever, Stella. So Jared uh, graciously came on the program again. He was on a long time ago. And so what we were able to do is talk about where he was when he came on last time, which I think was about three years ago, and where he is now. And he gave us some great tips on how he was able to grow his cash-based practice. So we talked about his top strategies for acquiring new patients and clients, how to gain different referral sources in your area, why investing in video content has helped boost Jared's practice, and investing time on the initial phone consultation for lead conversion. So if you're a physical therapy practice owner, regardless of whether you're cash-based or not, and you want to grow your business, this is the episode to listen to. So a big thanks to Jared, and thank you all for listening. Hey, Jared. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been way, way, way too long. So glad to be back. This is awesome. I'm excited to, to finally be back on Healthy, Wealthy, Smart. And I'm excited to have you. And for the month of August, it's all about other podcasts. So I'm bringing on podcast hosts of different podcasts, and you have a podcast. So I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit more about it. Sure. It's called the Cash-Based Practice Podcast, which is pretty self-explanatory. So anyone in, in healthcare who's interested in uh, you know, giving insurance companies the, the boot and creating a practice where you, you, know, you treat patients the way you want to and you're not dictated by what third-party payers tell you they're going to pay you. It's, it's every detail I can scrounge out of other interviewees or come up with myself on that topic. Awesome. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who would love to hear more about all the different topics that you are covering on your podcast. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how you're doing with your cash-based practice. So last time you were on, I think you were a one-man show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause this was, we're talking a couple of years ago. I don't even remember how long ago you were on, but I know it was a while. Um, and now you've grown. So you've got a couple of people working alongside you. You've grown it with a podcast and with online offerings and with your practice. And I think what a lot of people always want to know is how'd you do it? So let's talk about, uh, how did you grow your physical therapy practice in, I would say, a fairly short amount of time. So let's maybe talk about four key things that helped you grow your practice. Sure, sure. So yeah, I really wasn't, I was actively not growing or not bringing on any therapists for the first, I guess, five years um, purposely as I was, as I was working on, you know, online businesses uh, as well. And so kind of, kind of keeping, keeping my focus or my foot in both of those worlds, it was, a, I didn't really want to, uh, you know, try to expand the clinic at that time. But then a few years ago, I decided to, to start that expansion. I brought on a really great therapist. And um, just recently, I hired another uh, part-time therapist. And um, I guess when I really, if I'm looking back at what's, what's kind of spurred the possibility for that, you know, for the increase in patient flow so that I could have other therapists treating patients. Um, there's a ton of things, obviously, but if I'm, if I'm trying to think of the top ones, you know, people who followed me for years and years know that uh, for a long time, I, I, and, I, and still to this day, I don't really promote um, the idea of physician marketing or marketing to physicians that are insurance based. I've, I've just found and, and have seen in all the people that I've, I consult with that those who really put a lot of time there, um, they tend to not get the best ROI on their time and efforts uh, because so many of the of the patients in an insurance or coming from an insurance based referral um, referral source, they are you know expecting to use insurance and it's there's no you know there's no uh, surprise there and so um, I've I've really not been big on physician marketing but one of the things that has changed in these last few years as I've grown is this explosion in uh, concierge medical practices, as well as direct uh, primary care medical practices, um, which are, you know, fairly similar in model, but essentially they do have, you know, a patient population that are willing to pay more out of pocket for higher level care. So they're right in line with what we provide um, and with the mindset of our types of patients. So, um, Connecting with those types of practices has really been a big boost for my cash for my PT practice. Um, huge boost, actually. So um, I now do recommend that anyone in this model, you know, try to connect with other potential referral sources in in the same or similar model. So that that's been one of the big things. Um, yeah. Another, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say I I think that's great advice for people and. If you're wondering how do you find those physicians in your area, how did how did you go about doing that? Well, there's a few ways. And one first first way we generally find things these days, Google. Um, Google. At some point, you know, you can just Google and, and it seems like at least in Austin, every few months there's there's a new there's a new direct primary care or cash based, you know, some sort of fee for service concierge uh, practice. And, um, so there's that. And then generally when, you know, we will get patients from these physicians down again, because they'll find us through some sort of, uh, not, not direct referral from that physician, but when we find out, uh, that they are, you know, part of a concierge, uh, practice, then we make sure to, to reach out to them and, and try to make that connection through that, that 
patient in common. And so those are kind of the two primary ways, but really, you know, you can, it's, it's not hard to find people on Google. Now you just kind of put in the right keywords and um, reach out. And, and what I was saying, when we just did the interview of you on my podcast um, is one of the one kind of cool way to reach out to people nowadays is to try and figure out how you can create an audience that they would want to get in front of. So for me, it's been, um, it's been through the active Austin podcast. Uh, which people can check out. And I have a number of, of interviews that I still need to process and, and release. Um, I kind of had to put that on the back burner for a while with the, with the birth of my twins, but, um, but, but getting creative about how you can reach out to these docs, because, you know, quite frankly, they, they have a lot of people reaching out to them. As soon as somebody like that comes online, there's going to be a lot of other uh, physical therapists or chiropractors or whatever your, your field is reaching out to that person at the same time, most likely. And so you want to get in soon and you want to get in with an offer that's unique and, and saying, you know, coming value first and saying, I don't want to just come in and be like, Hey, can you send me your, your patients? It's more of what can I do for you? How can I help connect you with, with new business or new referral sources? And, and, um, how can I put you in, in my case in front of my audience? So, um, so yeah, that's kind of generally how we go about finding those docs. Yeah. And I think that's great advice. And regardless of where you live, like you said, more and more physicians are moving into this model. So if you live in a small town or a place where you think, oh, that probably doesn't exist for me, you'd be surprised. So definitely don't shut the door on that possibility before you give it a shot. Absolutely. So I'd say that another, another big thing has been the continued use of video video. Um, I don't have a ton of video, honestly. Um, but there are a few videos that have produced a ton of, of business and they kind of fall into two categories. Anytime early on when I was doing presentations or workshops for whether it was potential patients or uh, like, like a running group or something like that, or potential referral sources, like a group of personal trainers, I'd always uh, record those and then put those online. And over time, it's just amazing how those have continued to produce, even with, you know, personal trainers in Austin that found me through those videos, never came and saw me themselves, never even, um, connected with me, but we're sending patients. And I, of course, would reach out to them and then we develop a, a better relationship. But um, just, just the fact that you're in front of a, of a group of their, um, their, you know, people in their profession giving good information and it's on YouTube, it's amazing what that's done. Um, and then the second kind of bucket or type of video that has really produced a ton of patients is the, is the treatment video. So whether it's because I had an employee or I just set up a tripod or maybe I had like a shadowing student holding my iPhone, just taking clips of kind of uh, pre-treatment range of motion, you know, what's going on with the patient. Uh, then a little bit of some clips of the actual treatment, the hands-on treatment. We're a very manual therapy clinic, so it's, it's good for video. And, um, and then like, you know, retesting that same painful or limited movement and showing the difference that can, that can occur in just a short amount of, of uh, time with manual therapy. That has made a huge impact. I have um, one I, I produced about, I don't know, maybe eight months ago uh, on, I was just treating, I was actually treating a friend of mine um, for an AC joint strain um, or sprain in his gym and he's a personal trainer and gym owner. And, um, I don't know if it's cause he had a shirt off in the video or what, but it's gotten a ton of, it's gotten a ton of, of views. And, and more importantly for me, it's, it's brought in like six, uh, actually now I've got a seventh patient on the books coming in, I think in the next week or so. Um, 
so, I mean, for one video to produce that, and I know, you know, for every, uh, on average, my patients are going to spend about a thousand dollars at my clinic. That's huge. You know, for one video to produce that amount in that sort of time, and I'm sure it'll continue to do so. Um, it's really big. I mean, even one of those patients has, uh, has, has driven from five hours away. To wow. See yeah, and then, then there's the one that's uh, that's coming in in a couple of weeks is coming from a similar area, like four or five hours away. So, video can be really, really powerful, um, and and it really gives you kind of immediate social proof and and yep. showing that you know what you're doing, uh, whether it's you're presenting on a topic, uh, you know, or treating a patient, or answering frequently asked questions for your niche market. It's huge. So that that was definitely a big one. And and, and you're putting <laughs> these videos up on a YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah. So okay. I've got, I've got, it's funny, like a lot, I started my clinic's YouTube channel just maybe a couple of years ago. Up to that point, I just had like a Dr. Jared Carter channel where I was also putting treatment videos. So some of my treatment and, and former videos are on my Dr. Jared Carter channel and some of them are on Carter physiotherapy channel, but they all link to, you know, my website. Back to the, yeah, yeah perfect. And I think the important thing to to note with these videos is how much did it cost you to make that video? Very, very little. Like as far as presentations go, like the, the most expensive part of that really is just getting a wireless lavalier mic. So for people wanting to do this, if you want, if you, you, you have to stand kind of far away from your, your, uh, you know, your camera, whether it's your phone or, an, or a nicer camera, um, then you do audio is really important. So if you're doing a presentation where you're going to be away from the camera um, and it's not really, it's not really uh, functional to have a big wire, you know, running through the crowd, then you do want a wireless lav mic, LAV mic, lavalier mic. Um, but that's like about it. I mean, otherwise you're just using your phone, which is totally sufficient, um, a, a cheap tripod. And then a lot of the videos where you're closer up, uh, you don't need necessarily to be mic'd um, if you're in like a quiet treatment room. So it's, it's very cheap and very easy to do. It's, it's really powerful. Yeah, that's amazing advice. I love it. So that's two things that you have used over the past couple of years to grow your practice. What else? Let's see. Um, I would say getting into different forms of lead generation um, and automation. Uh, I, up till recently, have been really big uh, as a user of Infusionsoft. And now I'm still partially on Infusionsoft, but I've shifted a lot of my lead gen stuff over to Patient Sites uh, Lead Automator, um, which is a really fantastic campaign or a, a platform where you can create or subscribe to lead generation campaigns and new patient onboarding campaigns. And so um, lead generation has been great as far as giving, you know, where I should, I'll back up and say, you know, the vast majority of people that visit your website are not ready in that moment to pick up the phone and actually book, uh, uh, you know, book a, an initial consultation or, or an initial evaluation. But a great deal of them are at a are a situation or in a situation or you know, kind of a stage in your relationship with them where they would be willing to provide, you know, their contact information. Um, in exchange for something of use to them, whether it's a free report or ebook or video series or something of value that is going to help them with their current situation and help them to make a decision that's going to be good for their health and getting back to what they need and want and love to do. And so um, I have a variety of those, uh, you know, lead magnet and lead generation campaigns set up via my website. Um, I also have some where I'll just, if I'm giving a presentation, I can say, you know, text 
run dash injury to four, four, two, two, two. And that like automatically ups them into my running injury campaign. So those kinds of things, getting, getting those set up and, and I had to piece it all together myself. It took a long time and a, a ton of work. Now that was with, my next question. Yeah. It, I mean, uh, I just, I cringe when I think about how much time it, it took now that patient sites has like done it all for you. It's awesome. Like you can pretty much just do turnkey. All the emails are pre-built for you. The lead magnets, the landing pages are beautiful. You can, subs you can create your own if you want and, and you can edit everything in any way you want, or you can just say turnkey. I'm going to subscribe to Jared's new patient onboarding campaign. I'm going to describe to so-and-so's, um, you know, back pain campaign. They have this whole this whole like marketplace now of campaigns. So it's really quick and easy, but I, I did it the hard way. I'm getting designers to create the PDFs and then the little image of the ebook. Yep. Oh, I know. I know it. Oh, it's terrible. I so, know it. Uh, if, if you can swing it financially and it's very fairly priced, I'd say just let someone else do it for you. But yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I learned a lot in the process too. And I had to, I really went deep into copywriting and, and subject lines and headlines that get clicked on and titles. And so I, it's not that I didn't learn a ton and it wasn't a hugely valuable experience, but it was a ton of work, but now it's really paying off. And, and I would add one thing to it. It's not that my, it's not that um, my like lead magnet free report kind of thing is producing a ton of leads and a ton of business. It is producing mm -hmm. business, but the component of lead generation that is producing the most business nowadays for sure on my website are these, are these inquiry forms on the top kind of the top navigation bar that at any point in time, people can either click to um, request a free phone consultation. They can click to request a free um, in-person consultation, or they can, they can actually just inquire about cost and availability. And those are just three step forms that I had to have, I had custom coded. And so, you know, probably anywhere from three or four to up to maybe 10 times a week, I'm getting an email of, from someone who, or the, the delivery of one of those forms, someone's filled out and they, and the, the forms are designed in a way where I'm gathering information, not just about their injury, but about how it's limiting them. And, the, and it guides me and how I'm going to talk to that person to try to get them over the hump of taking the next step, whether that's to book a free consultation or to actually book the evaluation. That by far has been the biggest like boost of, of what I'd call lead generation or the biggest source of business. It's not necessarily been this whole like lead magnet thing and follow up emails. It's been mm -hmm. the fact that when someone at 1130 PM is in pain and searching for an answer and they know they can't pick up the phone in that moment and do anything more than leave a voicemail, they can fill out that form. And a lot of people, you know, it's like the, it's like the commitment of, filling out a form is actually a lot less than picking up the phone for, I don't know if it's like a human nature thing or what, but it just giving them more than one option to connect with you and request information or start a conversation is huge. And I think it should go way beyond just having like a contact page on your website where they can send you an email. Great. That is incredible advice. And as you were talking, I went on to carterpt.com and it's all right there. Yep. Yep. So yeah, they can, y'all can check that out. And it's so funny because with all the, um, like my stats, my lead gen, uh, and opt-in and like conversion stats are terrible because so many, so many PTs and other healthcare providers are like filling out those forms and opting in for the lead magnets and they're never going to become patients, you know? So, <laughs> so, um, but I'm, I'm happy if anyone wants to, you know, check out what I'm doing to certainly download things and, and learn, learn from me. And yeah. Uh, amazing.
Amazing. And so I think the last part of it was actually taking over the phone uh, and calling those leads myself. Um, for yeah. about a year and a half, I was, you know, I had two different admin assistants um, that did not work out for various reasons. And um, I learned a really, really big lesson. And I didn't, I didn't uh, recognize what was going on until I had, I had fired my last administrative assistant at the end of last year and started to call back all the leads and answer the phone again and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was unbelievable how much busier we were. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, like if I had only known what was going on because I wasn't just nose to the grindstone doing so many other marketing things and realizing like I was just leaking, leaking, leaking profits because I didn't have someone um, really, really well trained um, and really natural kind of, I think, on the phone and getting people to come in at least for a free consultation. Once I started doing that, our, I mean, our business probably picked up like 25% this year. It's been, it's been huge. So it's, I'm not saying that it's a sustainable thing and that I'm going to constantly do that, but I do, I do know that the lesson learned there is whenever I do have someone else starting to do that for me, like it is going to be my absolute top priority, not to, not only to train them well up front, um, but to continually be monitoring recorded you know, calls and going through that and constantly training and improving their skills in converting those leads into patients. That's, that's going to be top priority once I, once I get there again. But right now, honestly, it's kind of fun. Um, and, and I'm, I'm even like enjoying the, the crin, the crin, the word that are the question that makes everyone cringe the, do you take my insurance? Like when mm -hmm. people call us the first thing, yeah, just wonder if you take blue cross blue shield. Like I used to hate that question. And most people mm -hmm. in my, in this model, hate that question. But now it's like a fun challenge. I'm like, can I convert this person? <laughs> and I'm getting a lot better at it. So it's it's been fun being back on the phone, even though it's kind of like not something I always want to do. I've enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. And I think it it makes a difference when it's Carter PT and they're talking to Jared Carter mm -hmm. and they kind of get to know you because it's all about they have to know you, like you and trust you, and then they'll they'll purchase from you, right? It's just like any other kind of sales. And I think that when you get on the phone and you're natural and you know what you're talking about and you don't sound like a slick snake oil salesman, mm -hmm. that people are going to connect to that and they're going to want to work with you or they're just going to want to be at your clinic. Maybe it's not working with you specifically, but they're going to want to be part of the culture that they feel like you have created. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it, it's it comes fun. down to that. For sure. So those, those would be, I think probably if not the top four that, you know, within the top five or six things that have really driven things forward in the last few years. Well, I think that is all great advice. I'm taking a lot of notes here because um, <laughs> like we spoke in yours, I'm, I'm bringing someone else on. So I'm going to need more patients and I'm going to need to get um, more referrals. So I am taking lots of notes and I'm going to copy everything that you just said. So I that's I'm going to be that annoying like little sister that copies everything that the older brother or sister does. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm here for, man. And, and, <laughs> and same to you with with, uh, you know, getting the getting all the docs on your on your podcast and building yeah. network because you built this awesome, huge audience is just brilliant. And I love it. And I think we'll you know, hopefully see a lot more of our colleagues doing the same.
Yeah, I hope so. I know there's a couple of people doing sort of local podcasts in their areas, but I think it would be great to have people doing more like what you're doing in Austin. And I think it's, it's not only a way to, yes, it's to get lead generation and to hopefully get people to your business, but it's also a way to serve the greater physical therapy profession because we're getting the word out about what we do right. and that we do a lot more than an ultrasound in a hot pack. Yes. Amen. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, and I think that's so important. And to, if you can elevate your practice, but elevate the profession as a whole, I think that you're doing really great things. And, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. So I want to thank you for this great advice. And I have one more question for you. And I ask everyone this question at the end of the episode. And that is, knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give yourself as that fresh faced graduate with DPT in hand? I think I would tell myself to do what I did when I started out, which was to find a good mentor, a good clinical mentor. Um, and cause I, I know, I know that there are people going straight out of PT school into private practice and, and, you know, having quote unquote success with it. And I'm, I'm not poo pooing that idea. And I think I say high five to that, but the, what I think you have to recognize is that you will learn so much more by having good mentor and colleagues around you every day than you will on your own, even if you're like a continuing ed junkie, um, that doing that for a, a couple of years is not only going to make you a better therapist and therefore probably a more successful practice owner, if that's what you want to do long term, but it, like you had just said, Karen, about serving the profession of physical therapy, I feel like you know, the more that we can do as individual therapists to promote the idea that we all need to up our game and i.e. having a great mentor right out of grad school is, I think, an important component of that. The more we can do that, the better for the whole profession. So I, I love that people are really excited about going into private practice and cash, pra cash practice like right out of school. But I really do suggest that you that you, you know, take at least a year or two with a really solid mentor. Don't worry as much about how much you're making right out of the gate. Uh, if you do think you're going to go into private practice, um, really, really think about where you're going to learn the most and become the best clinician. Um, and then along the way, I, I would, I would also tell myself, yeah, do what you're already doing of being a student of business, not just a clinical student, even before, PT school was done even before I got into PT school. The idea of business and entrepreneurship was very exciting to me. And I had, you know, a couple little side businesses and things I would do. And so I was always constantly trying to learn about that so that when it actually came to the point where I was taking the leap and starting a practice and like maybe not the easiest model to start a practice, um, I had some level of business knowledge and background and ideas about marketing and, and experiences there. Um, so those two things, I would say definitely do that. And, and that's what I did. But as far as maybe like, I'm trying to think of something that I didn't do that I would, that I would suggest now. Mm, maybe, maybe it would be to start developing uh, your, your personal brand early on. I mean, I didn't really start doing any kind of personal branding type stuff until, you know, I don't know, eight years ago. Um, so for those first five years, I wasn't doing any of that. And if you kind of think about mm -hmm. the influence and network, you might be able to develop um, by spending a little time each week on that. 
Um, I think I'd probably be a lot further along than I am now. Not that I'm upset about where I'm at now, but I think it would probably help to start that kind of thing earlier. Um, and I would also say, last thing, um, start retirement investing right away. Just set up, yes. an, start an automated, you know, even if it's, even if you're just killed with student loans. Even if it's $25 I, a week. I promise you, exactly. You can spare a hundred bucks a month. Yep. You know, get a, you know, buy a cheaper bottle of wine here and there, buy, you know, I mean, whatever. I don't, I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, that's, you're right. <laughs> that's a bad example. Maybe, you know, maybe get pizza instead of going Yeah, out, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you can find ways to eke out an extra hundred bucks a month. I mean, the, the, the math is amazing when you, when it's broken down of, you know, the, the person that started when they were, 25 to 35 versus the person and then stopped versus the person that started at like 45 and invested like way more per month till they were 65. So less total years and way more money. Uh, I'm sorry, way less money because of compound interest, you know, ends up to be way more, you know, ultimate retirement savings. So start that as like right out of the gate, like literally like right your first paycheck. It just, it's, it's already happening. Yes, so that, especially that would, if you work for a company that doesn't match. Oh yeah, that's a it's no-brainer. A no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's something I didn't start early enough, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, honestly, when you get into entrepreneurship and you've got a lot of up and down, you know, you don't know how much exactly you're going to be making. Doesn't it, matter. It you still put it, it away. You do, but it makes it it makes it harder. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, it makes it harder literally and also like emotionally. Yeah, and, and so. It's even more reason that if you're thinking about going into private practice, like really like make sure that when you're employed, like take advantage of that and put, you know, really keep, keep uh, or start saving it as early as you can. Yeah. Great advice all around. Now, where can people find you on social media? Um, let's see. I think pretty much all my handles are Dr. Jared Carter. So it's D-R-J-A-R-O-D Carter. Um, and then uh, my, you can check out my website, uh, drjaredcarter.com. Um, tons of information there, not just the podcast, but blogs and videos and uh, new e-course coming up. I'm going to launch in the next couple months or Great. Sorry, next couple weeks. Great. Um, that's there. And yeah, just everything you need um, to, to, you know, explore and have success in the cash practice model. It's, you know, it's there and it's a constantly growing resource. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I missed talking to you and miss having you on. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, it's been fun doing this podcast swap and I'm excited about releasing your interview, uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. Cool. Well, thanks so much to Jared and everyone. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you all have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.